Dance for Cameron Dantzler. You know, I want to get uh, his measurements to the tailor in Canton so that we can get that gold jacket set up. You know, Adam Thielen came up to me during practice today and says 27 is going to be really good. What's up, Vikings fans? Gabe Henderson here from the Vikings Entertainment Network alongside Chris Corso. Welcome to another edition of the Vikings Vantage Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed last week's inaugural episode with B.C. Johnson, but today we have another special guest joining the show. And as always, we conclude the show with the reporters wrap up this week with Vikings team reporter Eric Smith. But first, the way we start this show and every show from here on out, we started off with the best thing this week. Corso, got to go to you, man. What's the best thing you saw this week? Well, Gabe, I'm starting out with the Vikings first round pick who returned to the field this week, Justin Jefferson. We heard BC Johnson last week talk about how he just belongs in this locker room. Well, guess what, Gabe? He belongs on the field as well. And in his press conference, he said these words, we pretty much ran the exact same offense at LSU. I think that's a good sign for a guy who was on the COVID list and had a little catching up to do to get back on the field, but not much with the terminology and the playbook because Louisiana State University, there's a connection there from Vikings offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak and the type of offense they ran with the Tigers who won that national championship. So you love to hear that it is pretty much a similar pro-style offense that the Vikings are running for Justin Jefferson. That makes the transition that much better. You can just put a guy in, he can just plug and play and get right to work. So that is extremely beneficial. My best thing that I saw this week is another rookie, but on the defensive side of the ball, Cameron Dantzler. I think he has stole the show out of any Vikings player right now on the entire roster as far as training camp performance. Of course, we all saw the video this past week. The Vikings posted it of him swatting a deep ball intended for Adam Thielen. The comment after the play came from Adam Thielen when he went up to head coach Mike Zimmer and said, hey, coach, that number 27, he's going to be good. Day two of pass, he had an interception. We saw that video also. I feel like every single day there's some type of highlight that we see of Cameron Dantzler. And I've had the opportunity to watch practice. And there's so many other highlights that we don't see that he's doing in practice that just makes him stand out that much more. So I like to see how he continues to progress over camp. And it's been interesting and amazing to see him progress thus far. And just speaking of Cameron Dantzler, Peter Schrager of NFL Network had some amazing comments to say about Cam Dantzler. I'm not going to do too much talking. I'm just going to get right to the sound. So, Corso, hit it. I've been talking with people in Minnesota. They are blown away with a guy whose nickname is The Needle. The Needle. That's Cameron Dantzler, the rookie out of Mississippi State, a third-round pick. Was nicknamed The Needle in high school for how skinny he was. But trust me, don't let his height and weight fool you. This guy can hit. And a couple days into practice, they're already turning their heads saying, whoa. So I'm not sure who's going to take over for Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes. It's going to be an open competition. But don't be shocked if it's the third round pick, Cam Dantzler, who makes a more immediate impact than Jeff Gladney, the first round pick out of TCU. Dantzler, a little fun fact. Played quarterback in, in high school, also played defensive back. His first interception of his college career at Mississippi State was in the 2017 Tax Slayer Bowl. Who was it on? Lamar Jackson, who threw on and he picked it off. Oh. So he's had some big moments against some big quarterbacks. 
Cam Dantzler, get the jersey. Let's go. I think Peter Schrager might have listened to my interview with Cameron Dantzler a few weeks ago on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. He described that needle nickname given to him by a coach in high school. He was one of those dual threat quarterbacks to start in high school football and then he hit somebody in practice and when that kid went down he got the nickname the needle thank you peter schrager for plugging in the minnesota vikings podcast corso that was a great interview with cam dantzler i'm excited to see how much value he can add to this defense because everybody's talking about this defense everybody's saying hey is there a question mark we don't have that continuity that we had you know in years past the continuities on the offense but mike zimmer has other thoughts on what people are saying about the defense. Harrison Smith was asked recently about all the new faces on the defense, and he said something to the effect of, I didn't know we were supposed to be bad. How do you take the challenge of retooling this defense with a lot of new parts and some of those key veterans gone? Well, I've never had a bad defense, ever, so I don't anticipate that changing. Yeah, you got to love confidence in your players, but when the head coach says something like that, he's been around the block a time or two. Seven years as a defensive coordinator with the Cowboys, six years with the Cincinnati Bengals, and now six years as a head coach with the Minnesota Vikings. Throw one measly year as a defensive coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons in there. But looking back at his time in Dallas, he led top 10 defenses in both 3-4 and 4-3 schemes under Bill Parcells. And the 2003 Dallas Cowboys ranked number one in the NFL, only allowing 253 yards per game. This is when Coach Zimmer really started to develop that reputation as a top five scoring defense in the NFL. Then he goes to Cincinnati in 2008, a franchise that never had a dominant defense, and they become a top 10 defensive ranked team in 2009, 2011, 2012, and 2013, leading to a pretty impressive stat, Gabe, in his first year with the Vikings. They had a 113-point improvement in offensive points allowed from 2013 to 2014. The biggest improvement in the NFL during that span. One last stat. This past year, we all know the Vikings were third in the NFL in interceptions with 17. 12 of those interceptions came from current Vikings on this roster. So we, we talk about question mark. Like, he had 12 interceptions in 2018, 12 interceptions from current Vikings this past year. So I think the bar just raises even more for this defense. And a bar that's going to have to raise, and a guy who's been, you know, setting his own bar is a guy on the offensive side of the ball, rookie Justin Jefferson. He was asked about how he stayed in shape during the first part of training camp when we all know he was on the COVID exempt list and he couldn't practice for the first few days. Here is what he had to say regarding that question. I had to really literally stay in my room and, and not do anything. Um, so it was definitely hard and, you know, it was a little bit more difficult uh, when I came back and had to, you know, j- j- just jump straight into, you know, training and, and practice. I brought my PlayStation. So, you know, I just playing with my uh, my friends and uh, to really for them to keep me company. That that was their job uh, of my whole 10 plus days is to keep me company during during my my jail time and uh, to to really just, you know, just really just keep my mind off, you know, just being in that room. Staying in a hotel room, Corso, like that, that'll play with the mental. But you got to applaud Justin Jefferson on trying to stay positive during this time, playing video games, hanging with his friends virtually. I think that was uh, one of the highlights from 
that entire press conference. Just him, you know, I, I think we all we, we all know what type of personality he has, but it's hard not to like a guy when he says, like, hey, man, you know, I just stayed in a room and I just played video games. Like, you got to love that kid. Yeah, he didn't only just play video games. He played the PS4, which I'm a big PS4 guy, so I got to show him some love there. It's safe to say that pretty much helped me get through the quarantine myself. So you got to love a guy who depends on his friends from home to get online and play him in video games on his PlayStation 4. He clearly took this COVID reserve list very seriously. And when you do that for an entire week, not leave the team hotel room, you would think he would have a little sort of trial period to get back into football shape out on the field. I don't think that was the case, Gabe. B.C. Johnson, the guest of this show last week, had a pretty awesome quote. He said his releases were crazy off the line. He was working everyone off the line from the defensive side of the ball. You got to love to hear that from the Vikings' first-round draft pick. I think my best thing that I saw last week was Justin Jefferson's catch that went viral. And I think that catch happened on the second day once he got activated from the COVID reserve list. So, like you said, it just – he he's came in with a chip on his shoulder. He's ready to play. I don't think he had to shake any cobwebs off. I mean, every comment or every caption, I would like to say, of his videos, he always says, quote, unquote, they magical, which he's talking about his hands. So the hands have been magical. The footwork is there. And now he's getting the respect and trust of his teammates and coaches, which is going to be key heading into the season starting on September 13th here at home at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Green Bay Packers. Guys, we'll be right back with our guest of the week, which is the producer slash co-host of 9 to Noon, Eric Norquist. But first, save time and shop online with Hy-Vee Isles Online. Now offering free pickup with orders over $30. Go to islesonline.com and order today. We'll be right back with more on the Vikings Vantage. Welcome back to the Vikings Vantage. We'll be right to our interview with Eric Nordquist of 9 to Noon. But first, Vikings fans can't attend training camp this year in person, but there are still ways to catch up with your favorite team. Verizon Vikings Training Camp Live will stream on all of your favorite platforms after practice around 4.15 p.m. Central Time each day from the TCO Performance Center. Stay tuned to Vikings.com for all things Minnesota Vikings. What's up, Vikings fans? Welcome back to the second edition of Vikings Vantage. Now, I would like to bring in our special guest today, Mr. Eric Norquist. And Eric, we've seen you a lot at TCO the past couple of days filming KFAN's 9 to Noon. How has that been, filming that amidst everything going on and, you know, things being so weird right now? Yeah, it's, you know, as you guys have experienced, and it's good to finally, you know, again, we're doing it uh, again, virtually meeting each other. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, it's it's unique times. It's weird times. And I think like most Vikings fans, we were just kind of rooting for as much normalcy as we could get. And, and as football fans, that means getting pads on these players and getting the opportunity to evaluate them. And uh, nine to noon wise, we've been out there twice this week. Uh, PA, of course, uh, it was out as part of uh, your simulcast, the 2 to 4 p.m. simulcast on Monday. I thought it was a hit. It's something we've all been waiting for. And uh, just really looking forward to kind of, uh, you know, solving all of those questions that we've had now multiple months with nothing but thoughts to, uh, to generate. So, you know, getting answers to the right questions and, uh, and watching these guys play. And, and in lieu of preseason games, uh, these padded practices and these walkthroughs, you know, from a distance, it's the best we're going to get 
So you had the fun uh, job of having a radio show during a pandemic and having no sports to talk about. How excited are you and PA to finally be at Verizon Vikings training camp talking Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, and, and, you know, the Vikings, kind of the identity of our show and the relationship that as a station has been built long before I started here uh, through to where it is now. Uh, We've been yearning for it, you know, yearning for sports in general and, and, you know, not just about the Vikings, but you think about in some ways the quote unquote sports buffet that we're enjoying right now. You got the NHL and NBA in their respective bubbles, uh, the Major League Baseball really getting after it now. And it seems like they've kind of stabilized some things. So, you know, but all of that is if you think about the normal sports calendar uh, without that, all of it has always been a precursor and kind of a ramp up to the fall. And what does the fall represent? It represents Vikings football. You talk about familiar faces. I had a chance to listen to your interview with Cal Brandt. Really, really good interview. What was one of your biggest takeaways from that interview with him? Well, you know, as uh, Vikings fans, the, the first thing that we do when we wake up is we give thanks to our team, and then we say two to three negative things about the guys to the east, and that would be the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, the weird situation with, with Aaron Rodgers. I love that podcast that Kyle's doing, 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. I think it's a YouTube bit. You can catch the video. But the first one that I saw was, of course, with Aaron Rodgers and kind of the draft night opinions now a few months later as things have cooled down as uh, what he thought and what was going through his head as uh, the Packers selected and actually I think they traded up to draft uh, Jordan Love. And is that an heir apparent? You know, is there trouble in paradise? This was a team that was a game away uh, from the Super Bowl. And so just kind of, you know, the, the insight into that, you know, even though I hate the team, I respect Aaron's game to the max. Shifting to the Vikings, who is your way too early player that you are like super excited about? Well, I, I, I'm not different uh, than anybody else out there right now that I'm, I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, that lo- those long lanky arms for Cameron Dantzler. You know, I want to get uh, his measurements to the tailor in Canton so that we can get that gold jacket set up. Uh, but so I'm, I'm, you know, way too early on him. But it appears, though, you know, given the opportunity that he's going to be starting on Sunday. So that's really cool. Uh, another guy that I'm excited about just from seeing him uh, very limitedly is uh, Troy Dye, the rookie linebacker out of Oregon. Uh, just, you know, if you think about uh, what Marwan Malouf has to do really now two years in a row with the Vikings is completely reshaped the special teams. And, you know, we love 55 and 54 and, you know, Eric Wilson in the mix now and Ben Gideon, we're hoping that he's healthy soon, but, you know, Troy died kind of add into that mix. And then, you know, I'd say my third player, and it's not too early because he's already been here for a season. Um, my favorite player on the team right now in terms of just blowing up. And I hope I'm right is, uh, is Irv Smith jr. I mean, youngest kid on the team, I think, a year ago. Ted had his 21st birthday, I think, in New Orleans, where he's yep. from during the preseason last year. And, uh, and now, after a couple of TDs and some looks last season, when you think about, you know, the, the similarities we'll see from the offense, but when you take away 94 targets and nearly 1,200 yards from Stephon Diggs, you know, other guys are going to get to eat a lot more. Well, no one's going to be able to eat until the linemen can do so. Offensive line, you got four four returning starters from last year, and then you got that left guard position that's open right now. How do you see that situation playing out? That's the question everybody wants to know from everybody at this point. It didn't take you long to figure out the level of angst that the fan base has when it comes to the offensive line. 
Um, you know, first from an optimistic viewpoint, um, the positivity that I've heard in regard to Pat Elfline moving to right guard, you know, let's get that pass protection moving. That wasn't always the best. And uh, just kind of how maligned, I think, you know, the fan base, you know, views uh, Pat Elfline. I think that's important for him uh, to find the right path. And I'm rooting for him. And so I hope that's the case. And, and it sounds like he's going to get the job for day one. So good. Uh, and, and keep it, hopefully, for Pat. Now, the left guard spot, um, I mean, you got three names, right? I mean, Dakota Dozier and then maybe, you know, Avion Collins is kind of an intriguing guy where, you know, it was always, hey, look out for Avion. If there's an eighth or a ninth lineman spot, Avion Collins has a chance to get it. And uh, the final roster cuts take place. And guess what? Avion Collins is hurt. And he doesn't get the opportunity to fulfill maybe some of that talent that he has. Um, so, you know, is, is he a potential candidate there? And then Ezra Cleveland. I mean, if, if we're talking philosophically, and this is a non-pandemic year, uh, I personally would have preferred that Ezra was working out behind Riley Reef at left tackle. And I, I would have preferred that he wasn't a part of this conversation. You know, it sounds like that, you know, Ezra is going to be another guy that they're going to try and figure it out. So, um, I have faith that, that uh, between uh, Mr. Rick Dennison and, uh, and Kubiak that they're going to put this thing together. But uh, I have no answers. I have no crystal ball. And I've been around here long enough, Gabe, to know that uh, I am not making any grandstanding uh, opinion on the O-line until I see it in person. The guy behind the offensive line is the biggest name on the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins wins the playoff game last year. What are your expectations for him this season? Well, it's it's twofold. You know, the and again, you know, Gabe new to Minnesota. Hey, guess what? We don't have quarterbacks that start three consecutive seasons for the team very often either. So, uh, all kinds of things going on here. You know, with Kirk, uh, his second year you was did a was, lot today. This, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is just fantastic. Um, Kirk, think about you know, all of the things that we've already discussed and we can get to the defensive line, you know, or we can go farther down the road in terms of reshaping the secondary. You, you, you know, if you're writing a, a grocery list um, and this is not an indictment of Kirk, but Kirk's like uh, at the bottom of the list, it's, it's just that obvious thing. Uh, 2% milk. Well, right now that's Kirk. He's at the bottom of the grocery list. All of these other things are ahead of him in terms of importance. It's been so long since you know, we've been sweating uh, five or ten other things without mentioning the quarterback spot. So uh, he brought consistency. He brought talent and success there. And, you know, you can you can look at the improvisation. You can look at, you know, he kind of ruined the game for us with that interception to Kevin King at Lambeau uh, week two last year. So the imperfections are there. However, the stability is there. The talent is there. And the, the production was undeniable. Uh, in a Gary Kubiak offense, when he's had really good running backs, uh, those guys are the focal points over the course of a season. I'll get you out of here with this question. The Vikings will win the NFC North if? That is a good one. I, I think that uh, for, for the Vikings, the Vikings need to um, – it's, it's all defense for me. So I, I'm, I got some tunnel vision to me. I think, I think the Packers are going to be really good. Uh, the Packers should be favored to win the division. Uh, Thirteen win team last year. Uh, you got the Smith. You know they're they're not brothers, but they're brothers coming at you from all angles uh, on that defense. Uh, and then then you got Aaron Rodgers. You got all of that. Uh, but I think that the Vikings can simply control their own destiny 
uh, by figuring out what the pass rush situation looks like on the defense and, uh, and really finalizing uh, two or three starting corners. I think the defense is going to be the answer this year for the Vikings, which is weird, uh, given that it's always been such a strong suit. That's Eric Norquist. You can follow him on Twitter at MadProducer1. Thank you, Eric. Hey, thank you, guys. See ya. And now moving on to the reporter's wrap-up, I would like to bring in the Vikings team reporter, Eric Smith. Eric, we've both been at practice the past few days, but as the first week of practice in pads have now come to a close, what position have you had your eye on the most through these first handful of days? Yeah, I think it's the offensive line, and that, you know, probably not a surprise given that that unit gets attention around here on probably like an annual basis. You know, there's always focus on the offensive line. Um, you know, as it shakes out now, uh, you know, four of the five starters right now are four or five starters last year. It's just uh, one guy has switched sides. So, obviously, we know Riley Reef and Brian O'Neill are going to be the tackles, and Garrett Bradbury is, is the center, which, you know, that was kind of expected coming into the season. But the change is that Pat Elfline is now the starting right guard for now when last year he played left guard. So a little bit of a change for Pat, who played right guard at Ohio State. Uh, but so far, he looked pretty good there on the right side. All right, Eric, you touched on the fact that Pat Elfline moves over to the right guard spot. So speaking of the left guard spot, who's in the mix there? Yeah, right now, the two main names appear to be Dakota Dozier and, and Avion Collins. And those guys are, are equally getting reps in practice. So it, it's literally a 50-50 split, as we've seen so far. When do things need to be sorted out? Because we're less than a month away from the season, and you all know the week leading up to the game, that's install instead of trying to figure out who's going to start. So at what point do you figure out, okay, this is who's going to be our starting left guard? I would expect they want to get that figured out sooner rather than later. And Coach Zimmer kind of mentioned the same thing earlier this week. You know, he was on a video call with reporters, and he, and, and he was asked about that. How soon do you want to get that starting five set? And I, my guess is, you know, probably on Sunday or Monday. Because, like, you know, we're, we're going to finish up this first week of padded practice. The players are off on Saturday. And then Sunday and Monday, as we get back into pads, it'll be interesting to see if there's one guy who's kind of taken the lead there. And, you know, whether it's Avion or Dakota, who takes – more of the first team reps at left guard. For sure, it'll all be a position battle to look forward to and looking forward to upcoming Viking Vantage shows. Make sure you guys stay tuned right here to vikings.com for daily updates and coverage from Vikings camp. Again, thank you all for tuning in to episode two of Vikings Vantage. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you again next week.